Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we coming from our basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time in the chart. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome to this week's episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, my co-host is Eric Wayne. Eric, got your bracket filled out already? You know, I saw that it leaked ahead of time. Um, but I'm more of a procrastinator. I, you know, I, I want to wait until the very last minute to get it in. And it's not because I'm seeking additional information. It's just that I'm lazy. Thursday morning, you'll, you'll click submit. Yeah, I can, I, you know, I'll scribble in just whatever name looks more familiar five seconds before I have to turn it in. How did did you feel about it being leaked on Twitter? Are you like, I don't want to see it. I want to be surprised by the show. Or are you just happy to have it all? Yeah, just just show it to me. I'm not watching your stupid show, CBS. Oh, see, I'm, I'm okay. all about the show. Always have been. I, yeah. I actually I saw it and like, okay, don't click on it. I'm watching the show. Do you want to know how many college basketball games I've watched this year? Sure. Why not? Zero. Really? Not a single zero. one? Zero. Okay. I've watched zero basketball games. College basketball, I, see, this is a complete double standard. Because I, I know I'm being a hypocrite, but college basketball, it seems like there is so many games on all the time, and it's just like they lose all meaning. Yeah. And it's completely bad to say as a baseball fan where there's a freaking 162 games. But there's only 30 baseball. That's all you have to That's right. There's a bazillion college basketball teams. It's filthy with college basketball all the time on every network. I don't even know what's going on. You don't get to know any of the players. It's ridiculous. I don't like it. Oh, I agree. So this brings up a good point. If you want to test, not you, Eric, you, the listeners, oh. want to test your bracket knowledge against uh, me, Eric, and the rest of the listeners of the show, <laughs> be sure to enter our bracket group on ESPN. Um, you can go to our website, podcastianos.com, and there's a link at the top that says bracket. Click on that. Or if you go to the ESPN bracket page and just search for groups, you just type in the podcast, podcastianos, it should show up. If you don't beat me, you're hot garbage. <laughs> We'll have to come up with a prize for somebody who wins. If if you enter, put in like your Twitter handle as your entry name so we can give you recognition yeah. if you win. Yeah, and laugh at you if you stink. <laughs> yes. I have I got a like five or six of commemorative Brad Osmus posters from the game I was at in Lakeland. You can send that to the winner. There you go. I'll send them I'll send uh second and third place place like uh, you know, Mike Henneman tops baseball cards or something like that. I have a whole stash. I'll I'll send you a baseball card. I think that's the dream right there. Yeah, I'll 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 uh, maybe even two cards. Feeling generous. Hand uh hand or hand. Okay, right. I'll see see what's in the box. Um, so today I actually finished up my spring training trip. Saw the Tigers take on the Pirates in in Bradenton. There was no Harbaugh at this game, which was obviously disappointing. But three home runs. Um, but I want to tell you, Eric, and you, the listeners, a story from, from Wednesday in Lakeland. Saw the Tigers take on the Nats. So we're sitting on the berm. It's me, my dad, my wife, and um, her brother. And we're watching the game, getting some sun, gorgeous day. And that's when um, Upton left early when Ghost cleated him on, on the fly ball. Do you right. recall? Yep. Um, so have, have we talked about the Andy Dirks Mafia on the show? No. Okay. So this is my personal um, 
theory. But for the better part of the last two years that Dirks was on the Tigers, it felt like there was a decent size of Tigers Twitter that was convinced that when Dirks came back, everything was going to be great. You know, when he came back from injury, he came back from the minors, and it never happened. Like, he, right. he, was, he was fine. He wasn't a terrible baseball player, but he never wasn't hurt. So I used to refer to them as the Andy Dirks Mafia. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting up there on the berm. And when, uh, you know, Upton was limping off, you know, holding, holding his ankle, almost immediately after that, somebody yells out from the berm, put in Dirks. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> he's been gone for two years now. And the Andy Dirks Mafia still in full force. It's kind of like cleats cougars for dudes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm, makes I'm, sense. I'm pretty sure that like the majority of the Andy Dirks Mafia is now what makes up like the Stephen Moya truthers. Maybe Stephen Moya yeah. is is showing us a little something. He he really is, and we we have a, a Twitter question. We actually have yeah, several, we'll wait for it. Several, oh, of course, about it's, Stephen Moya. It's so difficult containing Stephen Moya energy. Oh, <laughs> so that brings us this week's lead off question. Five minutes into the show, um, who would comprise <laughs> your dream foursome to watch a game on the berm uh, at Joker Marchant? Okay, so I have to ask uh, a qualifying question. Are these people, uh, do they have to be alive or could they be dead? Oh, they can be dead. They don't even have to be. Oh. You, they, won't, they don't even have to be real, as you will find out with. Uh, you're, pretty, you're pretty loose with the rules. <laughs> you don't run a very tight ship here, Hall. <laughs> Next week. Next week we'll tighten it up. Yeah, would you? Okay, so here is my four that are, are, that are dead because uh, I made two lists. I, I got to cover <laughs> my bases here. Okay, so uh, my four people who are dead that I'd want to watch the game with, uh, Ernie Harwell. Oh, good choice. I mean, he's going to be able to drop some baseball knowledge, give you some nice memories. That'll be nice. Also, we're watching a Tigers game. I'd be fascinated to sit with Ty Cobb (laughs) because not only, not probably mostly for his baseball prowess, but mostly because... He was a product of a different era, and I'm kind of fascinated by Ty Cobb and his and his like racism, or even maybe just like his his attitudes towards things. I've heard kind of conflicting reports about kind of the mentality that Ty Cobb had, but I'd like to watch a game with him. I think that'd be interesting. Um, also, my this is going to be a little sentimental. But my grandfather on my mom's side is no longer living, and uh, he was a uh, a big Tigers fan. And my earliest Tiger memories uh, are with my grandpa, right? So I know uh, a little tender moment here, but that would be amazing. Um, and uh, the wild card I'm throwing in here is just somebody who I think is the world's most interesting man, and that is Roll Dahl. He is the writer of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James the Giant Peach. Yes. Yeah. He's a super interesting guy. He was a World War II, like, spy. He literally seduced a woman to get intelligence information. (laughs) That's a real thing Roald Dahl did. And then he wrote amazing children's books. So those are my four. All right. Oh, and Alive, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say uh, Al Avila, Eminem, Carlos Guillen, and Will Ferrell. All right. I actually had considered Guillen because you need you always need an enforcer on the berm because inevitably there's some <laughs> moron yelling crap. And, you know, Guillen, no, he wouldn't. The, you know, the moron wouldn't know what he's saying because you can't understand a word he says, but he'd get in their face. He's he's fluent in zero languages, but can speak like two or three, I think. <laughs> It's just conversational. He, isn't, he has no native tongue. <laughs> um, I actually yeah. only did three because I, I put myself in the in the foursome. But, you know, whatever. The, my first <sighs> choice, I went for somebody that will provide the food and the humor. And that's, of course, Jim Gaffigan. Um, oh, I was going to consider him, too. Yeah. He's solid. He's very funny. And goodness knows we'll have plenty of food. Um, yeah. You want someone in the group to get you psyched. And nobody nobody I know well, I don't necessarily know him per se, but nobody gets psyched quite like Barney Stinson. Um, so I oh, have is that the group. character from How I Met Your Mother or whatever? Yeah, it's Neil, Neil Patrick Harris. It's yeah. less interesting if you don't know who who it is. And yeah, that's not interesting to me at all. Why not just Neil Patrick Harris? I don't know much about Neil Patrick Harris. I know more about Barney Stinson because I've seen him in 200 episodes or whatever. Because he's kind of a womanizer. Is that like the premise of his character? Yeah, but he's more... I mean, that's that's not exactly what I'm hoping for that he does on the berm. I'm hoping he keeps it PG. 
Oh, okay. He, he's he's funny. He always wears suits. There you go. And my third choice is obviously Donnie Kelly because well, yeah. let's be honest, uh, King of Manners. I mean, he'd let you know he's not gonna let his garbage sit on the berm. No, he, you know he's he not always his... puts his peanut shells in a cup. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know he's gonna make space for the kids around him to roll and play. He, That's nice. He buys a 50-50 ticket and donates the winnings if he wins. Abs- oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we wanted to say a big thank you to all you wonderful listeners for helping us do so well on the iTunes new and noteworthy chart for sports. We peaked at number 10, and we're actually on the iTunes homepage for sports podcasts. And not to take a shot at some of the podcasts worse than us, but we beat out Heinz Ward's podcast. Can you believe that? Wow. That's amazing for um, a an entire ketchup company. Possibly a different Heinz. <laughs> oh. Oh, he was the, the blocking the, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah the, the football player. Yeah. I think he caught quite a few passes, too. I don't know that he loved that you refer to him as the, the blocking wide receiver. <laughs> I'm, what? I, he He's renowned for his blocking. That's, Isn't that right? That's true. Maybe, maybe he would. Maybe that's something I'm, he, he may have caught. He <laughs> caught a pass or two, whatever. So anyway, there's still, to help, uh, still time to help us rise. Um, you can do that by downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, podcastianos.com. Um, I am at Jordan Hall 23 on the Twitter. Eric is at Comerica Eric and the show is at podcastianos. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I feel like I've in- up my Instagram game recently. I'm at Jordinho four. Um, what? What kind of name is that? It's, it's my Brazilian soccer name. Jordinho. Obviously. Jordinho. Oh, I, okay, I like it. Just kidding. I think it's great. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannis. Okay, let's move on to some Tigers talk. I wanted to start off our, our Tigers talk this week by looking at one of the more interesting pieces I've read um, from a Tigers beat reporter uh, this spring. On Wednesday, Lynn Henning of the Detroit News published an article about the speeches that were delivered to the club on the first day of practice by general manager Al Avila and, and Brad Osmus. In the article, um, he he talks about how the speeches were on the emotional and impassioned side, which uh, is a bit of a departure from the previous general manager uh, Dombrowski's style. And I wrote down the keywords that he said in, in the article being faith and family. Um, did, did you read this article and did you have any, any thoughts on it? Yes, I did. And yes, I do. Uh, first of all, this article is written by Lynn Henning. And you have to understand Lynn a little bit. Um, he's going to kind of interject and kind of fluff. In the real estate industry, there's a term called puffing. Where you say about a house like, oh, this is the nicest house in the neighborhood or whatever. Um, it's, it's not really exaggeration, but you're kind of, you're kind of puffing it up. The, I think that's what Lynn is doing. Um, and he even says in the article, um, don't take this too seriously. I mean, he says things like that. But um, yeah, maybe he overheard one speech from Al and it, you know. It was just a little bit different than the way Dave used to do it. Now, Dave, um, Dave was a robot in a, a striped polo shirt. I mean, Dave was a, a machine of a general manager. And Al has significantly, I think, more passion. Uh, not passion to for the game, but just like uh, personality-wise, I right, think. Right, yes. And I that might... Uh, make a little bit more of a uh, make somewhat of a culture change, and I think it could really help in just uh, alleviate some of the the clamping, the tension. Just a little bit more free flowing might be helpful. What I, do you think? I completely agree. I actually wanted to to get carried away with this. Um, so I feel anyway. like I feel like it's uh, like you say a culture change, um, but it's appropriately subtle, like. He's not kind of going on about this in the media. And Lynn actually said in the article that it wasn't supposed to be to be leaked. But there's just um, – it seems like there's a more human side to Avila yeah. than, than Dave. And I don't know. Like we've – I feel like we've been in this rut. You know, start off hot, cool off, heat up to make the playoffs, and then crash out 
due to patent issue. Like, you know, we've done that for not last year, obviously, but even under, you know, in quote unquote, the best of times, like mm-hmm. under Leland, when you're losing to the Rangers every year. And I feel like maybe a little bit more fire and emotion maybe gets us out of those doldrums a little bit. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we've had between Osmus and Leland, the managers just like they know they have professionals out there. They yep. let them do their thing and yes. and get stuff done. And, you know, generally that that works out well. And I think to a certain extent that that is a, a very good strategy. But I think maybe a little bit more fire coming from up top. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, fire. I think is appropriate yeah. at times, but I'm I'm looking more of the organizational philosophy and culture. You look at the best franchises in sports, uh, the Spurs, um, the Steelers, maybe you know clubs that are continually excellent, and I think they have a couple things. They have a steady hand. They have leaders who actually care about their players and are transparent. They'll communicate honestly. Um, and they have a, a situation, um, yeah, where, where there's, there's just consistency and honesty and professionalism. Uh, I don't want to burn so hot and crash down. I want continued, stable, transparent excellence. And to be fair, we—I mean—we've had that. We've been yeah, sure. at the upper echelon, at least in you know division terms, in, for a very long time. Um, and I, I think Osmus is—you know—I I know that Tiger's Twitter is not the biggest fan of, of Osmus, but I think right. he's the perfect guy for the job. He has a lot of proven veterans that you don't have to breathe down their neck, but maybe once a summer. But I think. Um, Maybe getting a little bit more of that and a little bit more. He actually talks about how Miggy has stepped up um, and uh, his term is tribal chief in the article, which I I thought was was funny. Um, (laughs) But maybe, you know, all of a sudden Miggy feels more. I mean, I kind of can't picture him ever not being the leader. I mean, what do you what do you think? I'm not buying Miggy in something different than he's been. He's, he's he's the best player on the team. His 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 character and personality is kind of what it is. He's gonna he's gonna come up. He's gonna hit. He's gonna kind of do his own thing. Maybe he'll interact a little bit more or throw in a hint. But he's a amazing player, a playful guy, and focused at the dish. And I, he's not going to lead a locker room. Yeah, fair enough. And- I, I don't think. No, I, I think between him and, and Victor, they kind of they they almost yin and yang a little bit. Sure. Whereas maybe. Victor seems a, to me a little bit more more hands on. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, but the, the, my big takeaway from this article is it seems like the leadership of the Tigers right now is something I can agree with. It seems yeah. like they're they're in a good good position. Yeah. And, and I don't think firing Osmus last year would have been the right move. I know that Tiger's Twitter is pretty eager to dump the manager. But you look over some of the, the best franchises and they sometimes stick with guys. Like just turning over bodies and leadership positions all the time isn't necessarily always the right answer. I mean, you look at Ned Yost. Um I think a couple of years ago, Royals uh, fandom would have been ready to dump Ned to the curb. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm not recalling know. correctly, but he's and he's not the perfect manager. Uh, but uh, they stuck with him and you know had a, a philosophy, and they came out with a ring. And part of what I think irritates Tiger Twitter so much is that we all kind of thought that Osmus was going to be a little bit more progressive than I think he is. Yeah, which there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he's. He's done a pretty good job. Um, and Lynn actually has a quote in here that I, I no- noted down because I thought it was really interesting. He says that fans will wonder if Osmus is up to the challenge. A quick answer. If he had not been viewed as capable, Avila would have made him part of his last autumn's makeover, which I think is really interesting because, the, you know, Avila didn't – I mean, he didn't even keep his own son. Like, he moved everyone that he didn't think was part of the, the future, and he kept Osmus. So there must be something there that, that he likes. Yeah, I, you're not going to – I mean, who are you going to get to replace him? I know there's names thrown around. Gardner Gar- like, seems to be the most – like what the yeah. most people want, which yeah. – But, I mean, you got to get him up to speed. He's got to learn the culture. There's a learning curve. And what if he fails? Are you going to dump him right away? I mean, a little bit of stability 
is maybe okay. Not to mention that it's yes. A- oh, go ahead. Uh, yes, Osmus has leaned more traditional than what we have hoped for. Um, but, you know, the the bullpen management was the thing I think he got really berated upon. I don't, is that, that uh, even a word? Feels berated? Like, feels like a phrase, yeah. But yeah, sure. Uh, but the bullpen was crap last year. Yeah. Nobody's going to look particularly good doing that. I, I think maybe with a little different situation, he'll look a lot smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good players make you look smarter. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of good players, let's move on to Brian Holiday. Oh, boomstick. He is on fire. And fuego. <laughs> um, so the he, we obviously can't keep him. We've, we've had this discussion before. Don't want to get into it. Um, we can't carry a third catcher. So we've been trying to use him as a utility guy. What are your mm. thoughts about Brian Holiday possibly playing second base or the outfield? Yeah, they stuck him in the outfield, what, yesterday they stuck him in the outfield? Yeah, yeah. True. Um, It's worth a shot. I mean, but he doesn't exactly fit the profile of a utility guy. He he doesn't look like Don Kelly. He doesn't look like maybe even Andrew Romine. He's he's built more like a catcher, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe he can take to some of these things, but he's not for sure the, the archetypal uh utility man is he no i think the key question here is yes he's having a dynamite spring training and he actually hit pretty well down the stretch last year but is he flat yeah. out good enough to jockey the whole roster around to keep like is it he is hit it, like 220 in, in toledo last year right yeah but I, I read somewhere i'm trying to think maybe it was with wally joiner that he found a, a small tick in his swing that he like worked smoothed out and was killing it after that i don't remember exactly maybe um because I, I believe after he came back, like in September, he was pretty decent. But I don't like it's Brian Holiday. You know what I mean? Like there's not there's it feels like there's minimal upside with him. Yeah, yeah. I that's the that's the difficulty of spring training. Like you see flashes. I tell you what. I think it was three years ago. I saw Jeff Coburnus in spring training, and I was nope. like, this guy's going to make the roster. I was sitting in the stands at Disney, and I saw him hit a triple to the gap. It was just a rope, and he absolutely flew around the bases. And I'm like, that's it. Jeff Coburnus, this is our guy. you know. And I, he, he, I don't know, spoiler alert, but he wasn't really the guy. The only thing that I wonder about with holidays, maybe if he, maybe he'd be a little bit more useful than one of the the redundant Romine Avilas combo. I mean, yeah, a that doesn't bit make a bat. lot of sense to me. No, I mean, well, no, I'm agreeing with you. That's oh, what I mean. okay. I mean, he's he's got a little bit better bat than I don't know. Maybe maybe Avilas is a slightly better. Not, neither of none none of the three are lighting the world on fire. Um, no. But I mean, I guess I'd rather use Holiday to pinch hit in the eighth inning than either of those two. I, I don't know. Wait, it's, can it's you marginal. can you trust him in the field or in the even the infield? No, like no, you can't. late in the game, you want Romine to play some defense for you, yeah, or, or Avila. I don't know as much about Avila's Avila's defense, but yeah, I mean he's he's been around for a long time, so I'm assuming he's. I want somebody sure-handed that's going to catch a ball if my closer isn't there. Somebody you know? who's played the position they're playing. Before. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my takeaway here is I I hope that we're showcasing him for a trade later in spring training. That's that's kind of what, yeah, what I'm hoping for. Um, you know, get. But a, get I wouldn't a high, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts hitting for more power. I can see you know, that. and he has. He's he's a big kid. I mean, he's 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 a solidly built dude. Yeah. I think he can hit for power. I want to talk about Tyler Collins a little bit. He's really forcing himself into the discussion. Um, I'd say he yeah. probably has the advantage on Winton at this point. If if you think Maven so? isn't ready, how how how's his center field play? Honestly, I, I saw him play two or three innings, which you know that's not that's not a ton. But <laughs> no, um, not. he didn't he didn't look out of place. He made one kind of nice running grab into the into the alleyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean that that's kind of all I've seen. So he could handle it. I think he I think he could handle it for the five or six times they would possibly run him yeah. out there. Maybe well, playing center once. field in Bradington is different than playing center field in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Field. Yeah. Okay. Winton is Winton is filthy fast. I think. I think I still think it's going to be Winton. I, w- I would prefer that it be Winton. I'm I'm not a huge Tyler Collins fan. Although the bomb he did you see the 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 uh, picture I posted on Twitter about where Tyler Collins' bomb he hit in in Lakeland? 
Yeah, I mean, you haven't seen a ball go that far since you were pitching. <laughs> I actually, I've yeah, I gave up my fair share. As, as the Dwayne, <laughs> as the Dwayne below of Belos of the world, they do. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> That's a dig. Um, okay, bullpen intrigue. Some of the more heralded names that we liked coming into the spring have struggled, and some of the less heralded names have have started killing it in spring training is up down i mean are are we concerned about the lows the wilsons and and the blaine hardys no i no i the, the, the spring training sample sizes are so small and you're talking about the most volatile time to, for the most volatile position um for the most volatile set volatile set of personnel so we're going to have 20 or 18 or 20 pitchers come through Detroit this year. There's going to, they're going to rotate through. Um, you're looking for somebody who is going to um, pitch well and maintain it for a certain period of time. Um, and it's just so volatile and, you know, giving up six hits in four innings of spring training ball, like Blaine Hardy has, and you'd say, Oh, that's not real great, but it's freaking four innings. Yeah. Um, and vice versa for some of the guys that are hot. I think you have to go on, still have to go on a lot of track record and at least look at the entire spring. Yeah. And the problem is, is some of these guys, I mean, they look at the the stats, the tendencies, like during a, a real game, you're going to know far more about the guys that you're facing than, you know, when yeah. Blaine Hardy comes in to face Cole Figueroa in the in his first inning today. That's, there's so much variation. I mean, it, maybe it's a bad matchup. Maybe it's, you know, um, they're just having a, a bad day. I know you don't want to make some excuses, but there's there's a reason why you need larger sample sizes to draw conclusions about baseball players. And, now, and it's, especially in spring, it's like maybe they're working on something. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. That's true. And not to, not to you know, oh, poor baby, these pampered ball players, but the bullpen digs to hang out in before you pitch are a lot nicer at Comerica and all these other places than they are in a lot of these spring training facilities. You're, you're yeah. just baking in the sun like the entire time. Yeah. I mean, if the bench isn't padded, your butt could get a little bit bit sore before you have to run out there oh boy um go ahead no it's a good point yeah um so (laughs) before we move on from the bullpen i want to talk about kyle ryan kyle ryan has had himself a heck of a spring and i don't want to get too excited but i kind of had personally left him for dead after you know being really really bad all year last year Mm -hmm. i think he's gonna break the club with the team i never would have guessed that in a million years do you really I think he's so. looked that good. I think he's the I think he's the seventh man because I I really don't think Wilson is gonna gonna be ready, and as Alex we, Wilson won't be right right. So you have uh, uh, K Rod Lowe, Justin Wilson, Blaine. Bla- oh, for sure Blaine. For sure Blaine. So then you have three spots. I have Verhagen, Rondone, and Kyle Ryan. Verhagen. I think that's a pretty decent bet. Ron Doan has shown flashes. He's been really good this spring. Yeah. Except for his last outing. Obviously, that was a bloodbath. Uh, Verhagen, Ron Doan, and Kyle Ryan. Kyle Ryan. So three right. Yeah. It's, it, it, we're we're a ways from that, and it doesn't really matter. No, no, it doesn't. I, I can see Kyle Ryan being the, the guy to go down when, when Wilson comes back. Yeah. Okay, so coming into DIT today, they had hit 22 combined home runs through 12 games. Three more today. That makes 25. Are we going to set the all-time record for home runs in a season? Oh, in a regular season? Yes. No, no. I I thought you meant like a, you know, maybe a spring training. That could be. I don't know if they keep those records. I was was more just being sarcastic. Uh, No, we're not. While we're talking homers, <laughs> zero homers and one rib for Upton so far. Are you concerned by that? I think you asked me the same question the last podcast, and I was like, no, I'm not concerned. So I'm just going to say it again. No, I'm not concerned. I'm a little concerned. I know it's spring, but I don't know. It's it's such an adjustment period, I would assume, going to a new team. You know, never yeah. personally done yeah. it. Um, I'm sure by, you know... By May he'll be fine, but I think he could be in for a rough April. That's that's maybe true. I don't, you know, 
you got to flip a switch at some point. And maybe it's not flip switching season, but he hasn't shown much of anything at the plate. No, I will. You know, I want to talk about this later, but it's it's interesting. Um, he's a lot faster than I thought he was. I kind yep. of envisioned him being this, you know, I mean, he's a he's a thumper. He obviously can can swing it. But he made a nice play um, in the field before Anthony Ghost took him out, and he stole a base before Anthony Ghost to- took him out. And I was thinking, like, that's stuff that Cespedes doesn't do, and that's stuff that Chris Davis doesn't do. Like, I, I like that right. Avila grabbed the guy with a little bit of athleticism. Um, it's just something we don't really have. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of an interesting addition. I, I know next to nothing about Justin Upton. I mean... I don't watch National League baseball. Like I know he posed on the cover with Kate and his dopey brother Melvin. <laughs> and I know he signed him as a free agent. I didn't I don't know. It sounds like he's good. People have been excited, but we'll I see. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you get down here. I'm I'm you. eager. Yes. Okay, are you ready to get on to some of my my goofy ob- observations from yeah. the last couple games? So, this one might draw some ire from our fans, but Jose Iglesias, I love him. Yeah. I've said many times, he's not a small amount of fun. He's a large amount of fun. Yes. But during infield, I worry about his work ethic. And don't don't tell Jose I said this, but every single rep he takes, at least in the in the infield that I've seen him take infield twice. So obviously this is, you know, blanket for every time it ever happens. Yeah. But every single rep is flashy. Like put the glove down as late as you can before the ball gets there or super exaggerated, get it down there a million you know, seconds before it gets there. And it draws the oohs and the ahs of, of the fans, but he's not the most sure handed defender in the world. And it makes me wonder if he might be a little bit better served to work on his game motion for fielding. And I was watching him compare to, to Romine the last time. And you know, Romine is so by the book and, you know, it, I'm sure it lets him make crazier plays during the game, but it just made me think, maybe be a little bit more serious, Jose. You just, you know, you, you had him write that article. Well, obviously, Jose didn't have them write that article, but <laughs> there was an article written about how you're going to be a better teammate. Maybe just tighten up a little bit. But yeah, that could just right. be nitty. Try this analogy on for size. You go to a high school basketball game, and they're doing the pregame warm-ups, and every basketball pregame, they do what? The layup drill, mm-hmm. right? So in high school, they're focusing. Yes, they got the, the form. They want to make sure it's a nice layup. In college, you know, they are still doing the layup drill, but they know they're making all their layups. You know, it's not like some high schoolers really got to focus. I mean, so they, they want to have good form. They want to make their layups. It's pretty routine. Now, you get into the NBA, and what is the pregame layup drill look like? Dunk they're dunking. They're going around. They're dicking around. They, they, they're just kind of moving around before the game starts. I'm wondering if Iggy is kind of like that. I've taken so many freaking ground balls in my life that I'm just kind of moving around. Fair enough. I mean, that certainly is is viable. I don't have any issue with that. Just it made. But me... maybe maybe the Romine approach is a little more professional. Yeah. So I'm half agreeing with you and half not. That makes for bad radio, but whatever. It's okay. It's not. It's not radio. It's podcast. Oh, so yes. for the first time in this show's history, I have a major uh, a major retraction. I told you guys that <laughs> Bobby Parnell was worth um, having around on the roster. Well, I take that back. I, I said that I think Bobby Parnell can have an impact. And after watching, I was posted up right above the pitchers warming up in the bullpen today, and I watched him intently. The electricity in the stuff is just gone. And watching him, he got hit around again today. There was no electricity on the mound either. The stuff just isn't there. I wanted it so bad. He he was so good yeah. for the Mets for a couple of years. I wanted it, but I'm. You sorry, had him Bobby. penciled in. I did two oh, podcasts ago. It was like, oh no, Parnell is going to be there. <laughs> yeah, and who knows? Two two podcasts from now, he might be back. In the <laughs> he might be back. It's true. We'll it's see. Volatile. I do have another name though to watch out for. Now. This is much more out of left field. Right field? Left field. Where does stuff come out of? Uh, I don't know. E- either way. But I saw Lucas Harrell throw today. He threw to one batter, struck out Josh Harrison. Mm-hmm. I really love his stuff. Now, 
last year he he played for the for the Astros. Um, he made he won eleven games a couple years ago. Okay. Last year he pitched for the LG Twins um, in Japan. Okay. Gave up 175 hits and 101 walks in 171 innings. Not not good. Um, right. Had a 165 WHIP and a 4.93 ERA. Also not good. But I, everything was low. He kept everything you know down, which is the same thing as being low. Um, curveball slider to my untrained eye looked like low 90s with the fastball i think there's something there i'm sure we're gonna stash him at triple a yeah but for a guy that we just kind of claimed off the trash heap i think there's some upside there he's the kind of guy who spends some time in toledo uh one of your bullpen pieces gets injured or underperforms and you'll look at toledo and you say which reliever in the last two weeks has pitched well and maybe he's that guy and maybe he gives you some some innings at the major league level that stuff happens all the time i could i could see him having success at the big league level again i mean josh harrison i mean i'm just kidding sure um I could even see him getting a start this year. It'll it'll obviously depend if he if they use him out of the bullpen in, in Toledo, which oh I guess is he is on, he more of a starter or is he a reliever? He's in the past has started, but I, I'm not sure based on the numbers if they're going to have a rotation spot available in Toledo. So yeah, forgive me for not working out Toledo's rotation, <laughs> which should be pretty good, by the way. Um, Will it? Yeah, I mean Toledo could use a, a kind of a winner. Haven't they been kind of lousy lately? Yeah, I think we've always thought they've been good, but I mean, we don't have any. We've never had any prospects. Like, right. it, it doesn't. It makes sense that they haven't been very good. Right. Okay. Last one before we get to your power rankings. I'm starting to get really big on Saltalamakia. Like, not under the impression that magically he'll turn into the mega prospect that was traded for Mark Teixeira, mm-hmm. but as a worthwhile bat off the bench, I think that. He's going to win us a few games this year, and I'm excited because it's been so long since we've had someone like that. He was a super signing, the league minimum. I mean, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Smart. Yep. And especially, I mean, yeah. Well, maybe we'll lose him, but Holiday is kind of that backup. I mean, you take a risk on a guy like Saltalamaki. Hope he comes back, and I, I think he could be good, good, good contributor. I hope so. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, you ready to you ready to start with the power rankings? Yeah, you ready? Oh yeah. Let's, okay. Let's do it. Of course, you have choices again. Um, we still have uh, models of minivan, which is which is an option. Just I know, I guess. Um, and then we have following up, kind of from two weeks ago. These are animals you want to see at the zoo. <laughs> Yes, animals I want to see at the zoo. Let's right. Okay. So you're going to the zoo and you you want to see particular animals. Some of the animals are lame and some of them are cool. Okay. So we have, of course, the top seven and then the worst three. Coming in at number seven, top animal that you want to see is the kangaroo. Okay. The kangaroo, it's from Australia. It's kind of exotic. Um, it's the Tyrannosaurus deer <laughs> is really the kangaroo. Now, if you're running a zoo, please do not be cheap and try to fool me with a freaking wallaby. I know a wallaby and what a wallaby is, and it's not a kangaroo. Kangaroos are bigger. They look the same, but a wallaby is a cheap kangaroo knockoff. Come on. The real kangaroo, I want to see him bouncing around. That's number seven. Number six is penguins. Oh, yeah. Penguins. There's a reason 
people are making so many movies about penguins. They're adorable. They're cute. They waddle. They're like little Jean Lamonts in tuxedos. <laughs> penguins, they're sliding into the water like it's a you know tarp on a rain delay. Penguins are great. That's number six. Number five, giraffes. Giraffes are amazing because they have enormous necks. And that's just really kind of weird. They're big. They're gangly, you know, kind of long limbs and bony. They're like the love child of Chris Sale and Alexi Ramirez <laughs> in animal form. They're just, they're long, you know, and don't, whatever you do, do not look at their tongues. Okay. They're sticking out their tongues and it's indecent. That's a giraffe. They're, they're cool. They're tall. Giraffes are awesome. Number four, kind of a stunner here, upset special, otters. Oh, okay. Otters, like river otters. Mm -hmm. You know, they're brown and kind of furry. They're fun. They're adorable. Otters love to play. And you have this dynamic of above ground and swimming, much like the penguin. You have two paradigm animal, an otter. That's that's a that's a that's a big coup for the the otter world right there. Absolutely. Number four, number three, number three is elephants. Now, not all zoos have enough space for an elephant. Now, in Michigan, you're not going to get a lot of elephants. We go down to Tampa has elephants. I'm sure the other bigger zoos down to, uh, have elephants. Elephants are awesome because they don't look like they should be a real thing. They look like something that was developed by a fiction writer. The, the trunks are amazing. You watch the trunks. There's good entertainment value in an elephant. Don't get me started on baby elephants. They're adorable, right? Oh, absolutely. Elephants, like, are huge, but they're gentle, kind of like me. <laughs> and you need to go see the elephants so you have a sense of scale on how big things are. Because people refer to things that are large in terms of the size and weight of an African elephant. Like this tanker truck is weighs as much as five fully grown African elephants. But if you never see an elephant, like how how do you how big do you know that is? Exactly. I can't tell you how many things I've described their weight in the last week in terms of African elephants. It's all the time. People are like, Oh, that's like weighs as much as thirty African elephants. Well, you gotta go see an elephant so you know how big people are making this thing out to be hashtag real talk oh all right that's elephants that's three number two number two monkeys monkeys um i'm gonna lump them in with apes it's not fair but monkeys monkeys they fight with each other they they swing they throw their own feces and it's just like everybody has an uncle that is like a monkey. They remind you of humans. Their facial expressions. You know, monkeys are awesome. Everybody wants to go see a monkey. Absolutely. All right. Now, are you ready for number one? Sure. Do you want a guess I usually offer? I'm going to go with tigers. No. Okay. That was the best more, animal that you silly, can but... see at the zoo is other humans. <laughs> other people at the zoo are the most entertaining. People are an amazing species. You've got some kid, you know, smearing ice cream on their face. You know, there's always like two serious camera guy who's got like 50 lenses hanging from his neck. Like he's going to take the Pulitzer Prize butterfly photo. <laughs> like we've never seen a picture of a freaking butterfly before. You have old people on hover rounds that, you know, are just too lazy to walk. Um, you have like girls in impossibly short jean shorts, you know, it's, I don't know how girls can do it. There's just, anyway, you um, have guys in impossibly short jeans, <laughs> dudes, in impossibly short jean shorts. Now, maybe this is just a Michigan thing, but I've been to zoos a couple of times and I'm seeing like Amish people. Well, maybe they're not Amish. They're probably Mennonites. Yeah. That'd be my assumption too. Yeah. Mennonites, but they're, they're fascinating. You know, they have, like, it's okay to go to a zoo. Obviously, it is. They're there at the zoo. But they have their homemade clothes, and I find that that fascinating. People are the most interesting thing to see at the zoo. All right. That's a, that's a good list. 
it's kind of like going to the airport. I like can just sit at the airport and watch people go by and make up, uh, you know, fictional narratives about. <laughs> you ever do that? I, I haven't, but it does sound. You like your guy walking past the briefcase. You're like, oh, he's just back from Germany where he made a big deal. (laughs) I love people watching. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ready for the bottom three? Yeah, sure. Bottom three. The third worst is owls. Owls are trash. You think they'd be cool (laughs) because they're like raptors. Um, But when do you go to the zoo? You go to the zoo during the daytime. And owls are kind of nocturnal. So you ever see an owl? It's like tucked back in some log hollow. It's not doing anything interesting. It's just like looking at a feather duster. Owls are lame. So you don't have anything against the owls. It's just their lack of activity during zoo hours. Yeah. I mean, they're a crappy zoo animal. (laughs) I I want to see a video of owl. I don't want to see an actual owl. All right. All right. The second worst... Um, are snakes because not that snakes aren't inherently cool, but you go into like this darkened tunnel and you look through the window and you're like, all right, I know there's supposed to be a snake here. I see the picture alongside the window of what I'm supposed to be looking for. One, I can't find the stupid thing. It's not moving. It's a snake. It's a lazy ass snake. (laughs) And two, once I find it, it's like, Oh, Yup, it looks like the picture. You minds will just put a picture of a snake on the window. Yeah, I feel like snakes are things that you're much better off just watching a documentary on TV. It just looks like a freaking rubber snake. You know what? I think most zookeepers just put rubber snakes in there. Think about it. A lot less maintenance. Just put a rubber snake. Can't prove for sure that that's not what they are. They don't move. Lazy ass snakes. Speaking of lazy, you ready for the number one worst thing to see at the zoo? Let me guess, sloth? No. Oh. Well, no. You said lazy. Guess. I thought we were sticking with that theme. It, I kind of am. But that is lions. Lions, you think you're like, oh, the zoo. I'm going to go see the lions. Um, It's the king of the African jungle or whatever. Even though lions don't live in the jungle, they live in the savannah. Anyway, um, but what are they doing? They're just laying there. And what do they look like? They're just big cats. They're not stalking prey or hunting or killing anything like you'd hope for. They're just lazy. It's like looking at a cat, but it's far enough away where you can't see how big it is. So it just looks like a regular cat. Lions are garbage. They're almost as garbage as the Detroit Lions. (laughs) I knew it was going there at some point. Uh, the only omission that I'd like to add is sea turtles. I don't know if you've ever seen sea turtles, but they are dynamite to watch. Are they really? Yeah. They, uh, I mean, you got to get them when they're active, but they, they swim about and they like chase their bubbles with their mouths. It's, they're, they're pretty interesting. I'd, I'd watch a sea turtle. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to get into some quick Twitter questions? Yeah, sure. All right. The first one is from Robert Baker. Uh, your favorite viruses for pitchers to get. Like, what? I feel like there's only one option there. The one that, My favorite. I'm assuming it's the one that the Rondone. Zika virus? Yes. Something, Is that something what he's like going that. with? Um, let's see. The Freedom Man underscore <laughs> says, uh, which starter could you see pitching a no-hitter this year? Um, You know, the obvious choice would be Verlander, but I'm going to go Daniel Norris. Oh, okay. I mean, just because he... He's the kind of guy I could just see capture lightning in a bottle for like one game and put it together. I could see that. Not be too rattled, just be kind of himself. I could see it. I could see Shane Green throwing one this year. Really? I'm I'm in. I'm in on Shane Green. I like him. Hopefully, he's better than Parnell. Yes. (laughs) Well, he is. He has a lot more (laughs) proven track record recently. All right. Um, okay, so Jeremy Lundy, um, he asked us to predict the starting lineup when the team heads north. We will take care of that in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, my buddy Jordan Ryan says, what does the acronym RSVP actually stand for? Oh, it's French. It's uh, Respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Okay. Can it you... means res- respond, please. And um, the acronym is, is in French. Wow. I did not think that we were going to come up with an answer for that. Oh. I just assume it's one of those things that, like, it is a thing in its own, and it doesn't actually mean anything. Like, the no, it, it, I, you know, I don't know. It's like, um, 
It's like, you know, some French words kind of, you know, snuck in like uh, rendezvous or, you know, menage a trois or something like that. Uh, so RSVP has in kind of a, in a back uh, words way. Boom. Knowledge. Can't get that on any other podcast. I, I mean, I feel like I should have a joke for it, but like that's that's what it stands for. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hook Slide uh, from Bless Your yeah. Boys wants to know which tigers tiger is most likely to enter and win hot dog eating contest oh uh i know the answer to this do you want to go first uh sure i actually came up with a, with a few um brian holiday he's so eager to impress to do whatever it takes i, th- I think he could, <laughs> yeah. he'd be motivated it's a pretty decent um, choice. casey mcgee for sure can destroy a dog right um and i thought futaini um was was a honorable <laughs> mention Poor Fute Knee. He like becomes the the um the go to for all Detroit Tigers remotely Asian type jokes. Cause he's I what's with the Tigers not being interested in anybody of Asian ancestry? I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I can't imagine it's any anything conscious. I'm assuming it just hasn't worked out. Maybe. I wanted Aoki. Like, That's who I wanted. But like a lot of there's a lot of Asian players. There are, yeah. And we haven't had really any. Just just Fute. Yeah. Um are you done? Do you yeah. have more? No, that those are my three. <laughs> um it, yeah, I'm gonna go with a similar theme to you. Like you think it's kind of this robust, burly guy, but sometimes the winners of these hot dog eating contests are like slender, how where does it go kind of body types. So I'm gonna go Dixon Machado. Oh, okay. Dixon Machado. You know, you wouldn't think it, but I bet he can put away like fifty hot dogs. Fair enough. Um, the Freedom Man. Oh, he got in again. With Avila and Chamberlain gone, does Daniel Norris have the best facial growing ability? Facial hair growing abilities. I think so. I mean, he just sprouts like a chia pet. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. I guess. I guess Cassianos. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a fairly hairy dude, but I don't know that he's kind of in. In the in the the, the stratosphere of, of uh, Norris, Norris Norris has got it going on. Um, Don Porter asks us: Is Stephen Moya ever going to live up to his hype? Oh, it depends on how much hype you're assigning him. That's I mean, the if thing, you, yeah, if you're assigning him Chris Carter, I can blast you a monster home run occasionally. Hype? Yes, yes, you yes you can assign him that kind of thing. But I mean. He's not going to be an av- a high average guy, I don't think. I think it. I think it's all a mer- matter of your perspective. Like, yep. he was never more than you know a fringe top one hundred guy right. prospect for and, and, you know any of the major lists. He was just impressive for us because the system was so terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's that great of a prospect, but he's hot he, as all get out right now. Yeah, and I mean when I watched him in West Michigan. He looked like a ball player. He was, he's obviously tall, but I saw him on TV the other day and he is filled out. He's a giant man. Oh, he is. Yeah, definitely. He he can punish a baseball. It's not about power or lack of power. It's, it's about, about channeling that. And if you see a little bit more of that, maybe, maybe the dude could be a force, but I, we haven't seen that really for extended periods in the minors or now. It just takes more di- play discipline. He needs to take more batting practice with, with Miguel Cabrera because that's what makes great hitters. Yeah, maybe. All right, last one. Um, uh, not Daniel Norris asked us, um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely not. No. A hot dog is not a sandwich. Absolutely not. Where do you come down on this? No, absolutely not. If if you had for some reason like uh, two buns that were encapsulating the hot dog, then maybe. But I mean, no one no one would ever do that. No one should ever do that. So, so no. No, I mean, to me, a sandwich is a thing between two layers of another thing. So, an ice cream sandwich has ice cream between two cookies. An Oreo is a sandwich cookie. The sandwiching. Is can be a, a verb. I'm going to sandwich. It means a thing between two other things, and a hot dog is is cupped. It's not sandwiched. Wow. An open face sandwich is not a sandwich. Agreed. Yeah, it's 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 semantics, but it's it's absolutely right. true. It's like a koala bear. You call it a koala bear, but it is not a bear. 
You were like, incorrect. you can call it that, but it does not make it that. All right. Speaking of Lynn Henning, we have a Lynn-related game that we want to play to end the show tonight. Eric, take her away. All right. So, Jordan, this is um, – I don't know. Have you ever gone to seminary? I, I have not. No. Oh, maybe give it a try sometime. But this is about the Old Testament book uh, in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Most people think it was written by um, Solomon, but it just says the teacher right? Mm -hmm. This was a wise old man looking to dispense upon the youth of the nation, his wisdom. And it struck me that this is very similar to our very own Lynn Henning that we referenced. And Lynn has this kind of esoteric, kind of uh, distinct language that reminded me, of course, of the book of Ecclesiastes. So I'm going to give you a quote. And you have to tell me if it's something that uh, is part of the Holy Scriptures or if it's in the book of Ecclesiastes. All right. Are you, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Fire away. Okay. All right. Um, here we go. Where are we going to start? Here it is. It is done not always in ways that are understandable. Henning or Ecclesiastes? I'm going to go Henning. That is correct. Yes. That is correct. One for one. Let's go. All right. Here we go. You don't know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. I'm going to go Henning again. No, that is from Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. All right. So uh, hopefully you're keeping your own score here. Uh, one for two. All right, there you go. Um, it is destitute, barren, and absolute wasteland. That has to be Ecclesiastes, right? No, that is Lynn Henning talking about our farm system. <laughs> He's not wrong. Or he wasn't wrong. Now now he would be, but... Right. Gosh. Uh, all right, here we go. Another one. Sift through the good and the bad and then look at their wisdom. That feels, that feels biblical. I'm going to go Ecclesiastes. No, that was Lynn Henning. <laughs> Lynn Henning. I think talking about the bullpen options. I'm not sure. <laughs> all right, here we go. Don't pay attention to every word people say. That's biblical, right? Is that your final answer? Yes, that's my final answer. Ecclesiastes 7, go. verse 21. Good On job. again. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, leaped like a leopard hunting down a wildebeest. <laughs> I'm going to go Lynn. That is Lynn, yes. I think that was referring to uh, Cespit as outfield defense. <laughs> Um, naturally, naturally, uh, last one, last one. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to go Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sounds like something Lynn would say. That's Ecclesiastes <laughs> one verse 16. So there you go. Explaining his wisdom. I get it. <laughs> yes. So how did you do? I think uh, you did. I had like three or four points. If we're, yeah. if we're being honest, I didn't actually keep a tally. <laughs> you did great. Thanks. I'm proud of you. <laughs> that was that was the best game so far. <laughs> yes. All Perfect. right. If you want to get in touch with the show, uh, at podcastianos.com. I am at Jordan Hall 23 on the Twitter. Eric is at Comerica Eric, and the show is at the pot just just regular podcastianos. No no the in the Twitter handle. Subscribe, rate, and review if you like us. Um, anything else to say to the people before before we head out for the week? The more the words, the less the meaning. And how does that profit anyone? That's Ooh. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 11. Ah, see, I was going Lynn. I would have lost again. When, when are you going to be down here? Uh, the 24th, I leave. And then uh, for sure the first half of the week, I'll be going quite a few games. So Nice. So a couple weeks. Nice. Uh, actually, what? Uh, is there 11 days. Wow. Got the countdown going. I like oh, it. Yes, sir. All right. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.